Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. So I have a few minutes of things that I want to share. And... uh... Wow, he did amazing. He, he did amazing. That's so good. I'm glad we switched up the program. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's all good. So I was going to speak on just on some parenting stuff that I've learned over the years. Um, and so I'm going to do that. But first, I want to read something. Russ gave me this... Um, when he came in this morning, and I thought it was very funny. These are this was a poster in a um, uh, on a church in France, but I'm not going to read it to you in French because that would be odd. I'm going to read it to you in English. When you enter this church, it may be possible that you will hear the call of God. However, it is unlikely that He will use your cell phone. So, thank you for turning it off. <laughs> So if you want to talk to God, enter, choose a quiet place and talk to him. If you want to see him, send a text while you're driving. <laughs> so, so I just, I have a couple things um, that I want to kind of share this morning. Um, I think one of the biggest joys that I've had in my life, aside from marrying Deanne, and the life that we've had together for the last 25 years, one of the biggest joys that I've ever had was actually being a dad and being a parent and, and being a father, dad, father. Sometimes those have different connotations, you know, the different words. Um, but it is an absolute joy. And, and as I get older, it is, I discover how much joy is produced even in spiritual sons and daughters. The other day I had um, somebody ask me if I would conduct their wedding. He, I've known him since he was five years old. He's one of Andrew's friends. And they were over saying goodbye to Andrew. And, and uh, he says to me, he says, oh, would you, by the way, would you marry uh, my fiance and I? And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I love this. And it was just, it, he says, I can't imagine anybody else doing my, my, our ceremony. And I was like, that's great. So then I said no because, you know, I'm just kidding. I, I, I said yes. I was like, I'd, I'd love to. And it's just times like that, times like this, times like this, dedicating a child to the Lord. It's like, you know, somebody asked me, is dedication, is child dedication, is it a biblical practice? Um, no, not really. There's, there's things in the Bible that talk about, you know, the parents would bring their children to Jesus to bless them. Um, there, you know, Samuel, Hannah brought, dedicated Samuel to the Lord in, 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 uh, in, the, in those years. And there's, but there, it's not a requirement, right? It's not like, and we're, we would be considered a Protestant church in the sense that we don't necessarily talk about baby baptism, stuff like that. So it's different. But what, what a child dedication is, is a celebration of that child's life and a dedication that the parents are committing and covenanting with the rest of the family, saying we're going to raise this child in, in, in the knowledge and the fear and the love of God. And it's a celebration of that. 
And that's what it's amazing. And that's why we spend time, you know, getting prophetic words and releasing words and blessing and honor. And it's just amazing. And we get to do that as, as spiritual parents. And so I want to read this morning just to open Psalm 127, um, starting in verse 3. And then I'm just, I have a couple of things that I'm just going to release. So uh, verse 3, it says, children are God's love gift. Try that again. Children are God's love gift. They are heaven's generous reward. Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect, protect and provide for their parents. Amen. My kids are not here today. Unfortunately, just remind them. Zach, did you hear that? Come in here for a moment. This is the word of the Lord to you, my son. Children born to a young couple. When you were born, we were very young. We're not anymore right. Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. So I just release that over you. <laughs> and verse 5, it says, happy. What's that? Yeah, you're coming. Yeah, see, it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Joseph Creek. <laughs> so happy will be the couple who has many of them. In another version, this is where it says, you know, a, a quiver full. Blessed is the man who has a quiver full. Well, we don't, we're not here to say how many is a full quiver, but it's usually six. But anyway, um, a household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. And this is, this is I just love that. And this is, again, Solomon writing this. And it, it just kind of sets the tone of how children are focus, a focal point in the kingdom. And how those children then gr- rise up and grow up and mature for them to one day become parents as well. And most of you, some of you, most of you would know my story. I grew up in a highly dysfunctional home and I had a fear of actually being a father. And um, just because of the dysfunction, and I had parents who loved us. Love was never an issue, but the dysfunction that sometimes came with it was. And I, and I remember saying to the Lord that I do not want to be a father, um, and I really don't want to be married, but in my heart I did. But I wanted to say it because I didn't want to put my kids and my wife through what I had been raised with. And so the dysfunction that I saw in my parents' marriage and the dysfunction that I had as a child indicated to me that, you know, past will actually dictate future, and so no thank you. And the Lord specifically, I remember I was, a, I was 19 years old, sitting at a conference at a vineyard church in Calgary, um, 1920, 19 or 20. I remember the place, just not the time. <laughs> And the Lord said to me, I will teach you how to be a husband, and I will teach you how to be a father. I am your father, and I will, I will teach you these things. And it was at that point, I think he was setting me up to become the father that I am today and the husband that I am today. Am I perfect? Yes, absolutely. 
My wife's not here to attest to that, but I know she would, right? Where is she? Oh, she is there. Oh, dang. So no, am I perfect? Absolutely not. But am I better than I was when I first started? You better believe I am. And I can say that with all honesty. Because parenting and, well, relationships, for, first of all, when I talk about parenting, but relationships and parenting is like the great experiment. It's like you never quite know what you're going to get, but you have to be committed to doing it. Um, sometimes, you know, some things work, others don't. And that's why parenting is like a great experiment. And, and we have young parents and we have middle-aged parents and we have old parents. And so I'm speaking to, um, to a broad group. And, and, you can, and most of you, I would say, you would say, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we, Deanna and I raised our kids. But around the time they were, I think Andrew was 12 or so, is when we started getting influenced by Bethel and, and Danny Silk's teaching on, on loving your kids on purpose. And, and our, whole, our whole mindset changed as far as how to raise our kids. And we, Andrew became practice child number one. And we realized at that point that we had done a whole bunch of stuff that was probably not con- conducive to him being a well-rounded individual full of mercy, grace, and, and laughter, whatever. He just, he just, we, we made some mistakes is what I'm saying. But thank God that he was a, he's practice. He was our practice child number one. And then Zach comes along, and he's practice child number two. And by the time Maddie came along as practice child number three, we had learned a whole bunch more. Of, of how to do this to the point it, to even today, Zach and Andrew will comment on why the heck do you allow her to do that? You would have killed us if you did that. And it's true. And it's like, yeah, it's because you're practice child one, two, and she's the third. And now we're going to be actually practicing to be grandparents. Not soon. I'm just saying we're not. <laughs> but, you know, we're getting ready. We're, you know, what's that? Preparing. We're preparing looking forward to the day because I don't want to be an old grandfather and my kids again are not here. So that just fell. So we, you know, we do our best to navigate life when raising our kids. And we were talking last night at Andrew's going away party, Dan and, and Dan and I, and I think Ashley was there, but it doesn't matter. And we were, we were talking about, Oh, Roger was there. And we were talking about how when we were teenagers and we were kids, how our parents would institute things in our life and change the way we would do things because they would be deemed evil, right? In my, in my, um, because I grew up pretty much pagan most of my life, I didn't have that. But when I got saved, um, the big thing that ever, the church was rallying on about was Three's Company. If you remember the, t- the TV show Three's Company, Right, the church was just like that is evil. That man is a homosexual. He's doing this, and you just can't. You, if you're watching that, you're going to hell. That's that's what it was like. Right? It was like I'm like seriously. Oh, I guess. And I had watched one episode, and I thought it was hilarious. But I was like ten or eleven, and it wasn't a big draw. But I remember that. And then Roger was talking about his um, different things that his parents said. Like I, I think it was you know trolls are evil, or maybe that was Dan. Yeah, it was Dan. Yeah, Tiffany's like, yeah. You know, the things that our parents said to us, you can't listen to because the church would say it's wrong or that was the current teaching. All that 
is practice. When Andrew was five, it, Harry Potter was the big thing. And we're like, oh, no. You know, we'll let you, we'll let you read and, and watch Narnia stuff, but Harry Potter, absolutely not. That's wrong. And then Andrew, he's Mr. Prophetic and Mr. Black and White. He had a friend who was, his parents said, oh, Harry Potter's fine. And so Andrew walks into his friend's bedroom. They were doing a sleepover, and everything was Harry Potter. There was Harry Potter lampstands, there was Harry Potter sheets, and there was pictures of Harry Potter all over. There was everything. It was like it was like walking into the walls of Gryffindor. Oh, did I actually say that? Because that means I actually know what I'm talking about. But anyway, the parents didn't have a problem. We did, and then Andrew freaked out on his friend because of what we had fed him. That's evil, that's wrong, and you're going to hell. And it's like um, that caused a little bit of a tiff between their parents and us. And we're like, oh my gosh, we are so sorry. Like, don't know where he got that, but we were passionate because we believed that we were right. And, and we made a mistake because there was not a lot of grace. There was not a lot of love in some of these things that we deemed as wrong and that we wanted to protect our kids from. I wouldn't let my kids watch Teletubbies only because they were just annoying as all heck. And I didn't think they were evil, but they were just like, nope. But do you know what I mean? Like growing up, every generation has a group or things that they rally around and they say, I want to protect my kids from this influence. And we have to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to say, is that actually my preference? Is that public culture or is there something to that? And, and, I, and, and it's, been, it's been going on for generations and thousands of years. Melody posted something about music the other day about in the, I think it was in the 1100s or something, the church, the music in the church was just awful. And somebody made a comment about that. And I thought that very thing, a thousand years ago, they're saying music, the, the church music of today is, is terrible. It's, I'm just butchered that quote, but that's what they were getting at. And, but as parents, we do the best we can with what we have until we learn something more. And that's the beauty of the Christian life, is that we go from glory to glory to glory. And I think that might be taken out of context a little bit, but it's, it's, it's this revelation, it's this idea that I'm learning, and, and my kids are learning, and we want to move from, from revelation to revelation. Now, are my kids mal- maladjusted and worse off because we said no to Andrew for Harry Potter? No. But he laughs now, and we laugh at ourselves, and we can actually laugh at our parents. And we would, if our parents could laugh at their grandparents, because every generation would have something that they would look back, roll their eyes, and say, I can't believe mom and dad made us do this. And hopefully, hopefully, when we're rolling our eyes and saying, I can't believe my parents made me do this, we're actually doing it with honor and love, knowing that they had our best intent. Because that's what it is. That's what parenting boils down to, is that I have the very best in mind for my children, whether they agree with me or not. And then the Lord says, ah, you need to change this. And hopefully then we have the attitude where we go to our kids, even as adults, and go, guess what? I messed up. I am so sorry. And I learned to do that with my kids when they were young. And so, because I knew that there was going to be many, many opportunity for me to actually go to them with a repentant heart and said, I was a jerk. I was an idiot. 
And, and they go, yeah, you were. And I go, oh. Because <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm the type of person, I said this to Zach the other day, I said, when, when I feel that you're uncomfortable, when I feel that your life is a little bit um, uncomfortable because of something that I've done, then that hurts me. That causes me anxiety. And, and so I want to make sure that you're okay. And I generally do that with most people. I don't like to be the one that causes people discomfort. Unless this, this holy, um, righteous thing comes on me, which, I, and I'm not kidding, it's like, I, and God just says, I want you to tell them this. And it's like, okay. And, but I, that that's, comes and goes. Because it's not, it's, anyway, I'm not, that's a different number. But that's, <laughs> so there's three things that I want to just kind of point out as parents. And, and this would work in any relationship, not just with parenting, because I know some of you are, you're like, anyway, older. Um, but three things I want to point out. First of all, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. As, as young parents, as single parents, as, as older, middle-aged parents, speaking to myself, middle-aged, dang, um, and older parents, don't take yourself so seriously. It's not, you don't have to. The Lord doesn't. He puts up with us. He's like, don't take yourself so seriously. Relax. It's a journey. It's you're walking in a, in a revelation of my love. And that's the biggest thing. If you take yourself too seriously, you're just going to cause a whole bunch of anxiety. People are going to get so wound up in your presence. And your kids are just going to be that they, they, they're not going to have that sense of who you are as, as, as God. They're not going to have that sense of love because they will then equate love with tension. And I know my dad loves me or I know my mom loves me, but. And when it's love, when love is, is, is present, there shouldn't be a but. God loves me, but when I do this. Where do the kids get that from? Where do I get that from? God loves me. Oh, sure he does, but. But cancels out. The word but will cancel out anything that you, of good and value that you've spoken prior to that. Yeah, I love my daughter, but. No, I love my daughter, period. Re- period. There is no but. So don't take yourself too seriously. Second thing is, and the advice, this is some advice that I want to give to you is, Always err on the side of family. Don't, uh, and this is a, this is a direct, I, don't is too hard of a word. Try not to take your life and waste it away in doing other things when your kids need you. It, it, it's, it's, and I'm not talking about don't get a job, don't work. Like dads, moms, it, our society today is, is so different from when I was a kid and a teenager. But economically, yes, we need to work. We need to do that. But, but when we're, and there's that word, but. However, <laughs> however, when your child comes to you and said, Dad, would you do this with me? And you're tired and you're worn out from a day of work. And he looks at you, and this is what I did. No. <laughs> and that is, you have regrets? That is one regret when the kids were little that I did not engage with them more. And did I engage? Yeah, I think I was a quite a, 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 a connected dad. 
I did everything. But there was those times. And we have a tendency to remember the times that we said no and we regret it. And yet we look at the fruit. And this is, this is the long term, right? You, as a parent, hopefully you're going to be a parent. When you're a parent, you're, you start parenting in, probably in your 20s. Some are older, some younger, right? I'm just going to take an average. And so by the time you're 90, you've been a parent for 70 years. And when your time is done, hopefully those regrets won't, won't rule you. Because they shouldn't. But take the time. And here's a good example. Last night, Andrew, he's 20, he'll be 24 in a couple months. I was tired. There was a kind of a long day. There was just a lot going on in the family. We had big dinner. I was cooking. Made the, the best prime rib roast that I've ever done in my life. It was just freaking amazing. Anyway, it's too close to lunch to talk about that. But I was laying on the couch, and Andrew remembered something that he needed for his trip. He, he needed some locks um, for his suitcases. And he's like, Dad, would you, would you drive me? To, the, to Walmart. And I was like, what? Because he took his insurance off his car and he didn't have a car anymore. He says, would you drive me to Walmart? I need a couple things. And I'm like, no, just take my car. Like, you're 23 years old. Like, just drive my car. I don't care. And the Lord's like, really? You, he's leaving tomorrow. You're not going to see him for five months. And I was like, oh, heck, what am I doing? Like, and it just immediately like that, oh, forget it, Andrew. No, let's go together. And he's like, oh, okay. And I think, and he probably would deny it. I think he would, he would deny it because that's Andrew. But in his heart, I think he was just wanting to spend time because one of his love languages is, is quality time. And it's something that we do a lot of. We go to movies. That's our thing. We, you know, we'll go for a beer. We'll just do stuff together. We don't have to necessarily talk, but it's together. And so here it was. And I could have missed that opportunity to spend 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Because it took, it's nine minutes to drive, not even, like nine minutes to drive from my house to Walmart. Ten minutes in the, in the Walmart. And then nine minutes back. So what is that? Nine, 18, half hour. Let's just say half hour. In the light of eternity, will that half hour make a huge difference? It just might. It just might. Because it's time together. And so don't, 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 take, don't miss those opportunities. And it's husbands. Don't miss those opportunities with your wives to, when, they, when she says, let's go do something. Or vice versa. Wives, don't miss an opportunity with your husband to go, hey, would, would you, I don't know, would you climb this mountain with me? Could you, yeah, would you go cougar hunting with me? <laughs> It's like, I didn't know you go to the bars. No, just, <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> well, they said there was cougars in Cranbrook, and I was like, yeah, they were down at the Bing. So anyway, number three, remember this. You are not raising children. You are raising adults. If we have a... If we have it in our hearts that we are simply raising children, they will never grow past the age of child. But if we have it in our hearts and we have it in our mindsets that we are actually raising adults with the goal for them to become normal, well-adjusted people who are free to do what God has called them to do, then we're going to be a lot better off. Over the last 25 years, I've seen so many parents, 
and we call them helicopter parents now, and they just they hover and they just they can't do this and they're protecting and 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 there's just and and because we don't want Johnny to be upset or we don't want Johnny to be uncomfortable or we don't want Johnny to this this or or Janie or whatever. And it's like that's not helping. But we have to have that goal that my end vision for my kids is to see them strong, independent, but dependent on people, on each other, because we can't do it alone. But I want them to be strong, independent, passionate people who are doing the things that God has called them to do. And we can't do that if we have this mindset of, yeah, I'm just raising my kids. It's like saying to the dad, I had a couple of, like over the years, I've had, you know, oh, my wife is away this weekend, so I guess I get to uh, babysit. And I was like, you want to, <laughs> I was like, you're not a babysitter, you're a father. And you're actually parenting your children in this weekend when your wife is doing whatever she's doing. You never hear your wife actually having to babysit because you're doing something as dads. Anyway, it's just, there's my soapbox, I'm going to stand off of it now. So those are three things that I just kind of want to leave with you that, that I've, I've kind of learned over the last 23 years of being a dad. And, and, and now we're going to go into the child dedication side of things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but it's important to realize, and these principles actually act, will fit into any relationship that we're at. They'll fit because it's, 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 see, God is, God is more concerned about connection in a relationship and being a father or a mother is, is one of those greatest points of revelation or greatest points of connection as a parent. So let's just crash that plane right now. So <laughs> drive it into the side of the mountain. But does that make sense? So kids, kids are amazing. That's why we love kids here at House of Hope. You know, that's why we can actually get a little bit edgy when they're loud or we can, when they run around, we actually can take them and say, hey, let's, let's just take her down a notch, right? Because life, kids bring life. Kids are our future and our present. And we, we love them. So let's stand. Who's on ministry team this morning? All right, it's your turn. Come on up. What do you do with a crash plane? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, the Lord was really speaking to us this morning about generations. And uh, it's a kind of a joke we have with our ministry team. We're all these Caleb's, like we're all the older people, right? So you guys want to come up here? I'm just going to share with them what God's been speaking to us. I, the thing about it is that that's one beautiful thing about a family. There's many generations. And so um, they haven't put us out to pasture yet. So that's all good. So anyway, um, so I was reading Joshua this morning, and the, the word of the Lord came so strong to me. When uh, Joshua was mentored by Moses, and when Moses died, Joshua took over. So this is what Joshua said. Um, he did say Moses is dead, but I won't read that part. He said, I know the way you must go. Now he's talking to the children of Israel that he was leading now across over to their promised land. I know... I know the way you must go. You have not passed this way before. Joshua said, sanctify yourself. Separate yourself for a special holy purpose for tomorrow. The Lord will do 
mighty works and wonders among you. I believe that is for this season that we're in right now, that we're going over into an area that we've never gone before, and God's going to do wonders that we've never seen. Why do I know that? In Isaiah 48, 6 and 7, it says, From now on I tell you about new things you've never seen before, hidden things, well-guarded secrets you know nothing about. They are created now, brand new for today, and then not long ago you've, you've never heard of them before now so you can't say oh i already knew about that and so i just want to um say to as we pray for anybody that wants to come up and pray we we would really like to just lay hands on you and bless you with the many 70 plus years that god has blessed us with and that he's taught us in and that we just want to we know that you have a journey whatever age you are you, you have a journey to go on, and we want to bless that journey that you're on and um, pass on anything that God's given to us. And so we all carry mantles that we can bless you with as mothers and fathers. And so anybody wants that, you're welcome to come up. Others, uh, lunch is downstairs. We just uh, welcome everybody. Just go down and, and eat. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.